It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Go Birds Pod, a radio.com podcast about your beloved birds. Welcome on in to the 64th episode of the Counterpoint Podcast, a.k.a. the Stan Campbell edition of the Counterpoint Podcast, brought to you by Go Birds Pod. Slash the GB's pod, as we call it here on the Counterpoint Podcast. So, why is it the Stan Campbell Podcast? Because, honestly, uh, the number 64 in Eagles history isn't great. And I was looking at the number of 64s, and I was trying to pick a name. I saw Matt Tobin. I didn't want to have. I didn't want to relive bad memories, so I did not make it the Matt Tobin edition of the Counterpoint Podcast. So I settled on Stan Campbell, because I, when I looked at the name Stan Campbell, I said, that guy just seems like a world champion. And sure enough, I looked it up. He was on the 1960 championship team. Stan Campbell, not very good, but was a world champion. Um, and just, just by the name. Once again, like, you know, people keep ripping the Jack Fritz name test and is it a real thing and how can we believe it? And it's like, listen, I just nailed Stan Campbell. Never heard of him. Super Bowl, or a world champ. Devontae Maddox, Josh Wett, Farad. It's just... There's so much there's so much historical and scientific backing behind the the Jack Fritz name test that you know a lot of people just don't get it. So that's on them, but it's a Stan Campbell edition of the Counterpoint podcast. Again, brought to you by the Go Birds Pod, which we're doing great work. I mean, it's 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 the it's a playoff run. That's when we thrive. That's when the counter now the counter, the Counterpoint podcast is back. We're back on our cocky bullshit and the rest of the Go Birds Pod is also back on its cocky bullshit. It's great. It's it's a great time to be alive. So, um on today's show, we have Jack's Rundown, which is full of good nuggets because we're going to dunk on some people, uh, just some total embarrassments to the rest of the NFL, um, the NFL in general just being dumbasses. And then we have also the trust tree, of course. We got to go in the trust tree because we got to convince some more mush gods about um, uh, Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky. And of course, we have the Counterpoint Mailbag, which you can always email at Counterpoint Mail, or that's completely wrong. Do not do what I just said. You can always email the Counterpoint Mailbag at counterpointmailbag at gmail.com. But let's first start off with Jack's rundown because, listen, the Eagles are in the playoffs. The Eagles are in the playoffs, and the Mush Gods are dipshits. The Mush Gods are not only absolute morons, the NFL, you guys are also stupid. I, I told you last week, listen, what did I tell you? What did I tell you last week? I said, don't let the Eagles get in the playoffs. And what did you do? What did you do? You let the Eagles get in the playoffs. 
You let the you let the Eagles, the Super Bowl champs, team riding high, uh, the team with the Nick Foles magic, defense is back. Cravion LeBlanc's a fucking folk hero. You let that team into the playoffs, and once again, you're making the same mistakes you made last year. Underdogs. Uh, they're not mentioned in Sports Illustrated. Like not even. So Sports Illustrated tweeted out a picture of teams vying for the Lombardi Trophy. The Eagles aren't even pictured, and they're actually in the playoffs. Like and just mistakes after mistakes after mistakes by the NFL. I mean, the NFL is known for mistakes, from Ray Rice to Kareem Hunt to letting the Eagles in the playoffs. All pretty much the same, right? I mean, they're all you know let, let the Eagles in the playoffs again. What did I tell you? Because it's over now. Like it's over now. If honestly, honestly, and we're gonna get into this very quickly because if you think the Eagles are losing this weekend, I've got something else coming for you. Because they're not going to lose this weekend. They're not losing to Mitch Trubisky. Like, Mitch Trubisky is fucking dog shit. That guy, he, he can't throw. Like he, I understand he can physically throw the ball deep. He is not accurate. He relies on his legs to make plays. Like, it's the, the Bears are an adorable story. But if you're going to fucking tell me that Mitch Trubisky is a six-point favorite, are you fucking kidding me? That is another bullshit slap in the face because the Eagles are not losing to this team. The Eagles are not losing to this team. I don't – you could have made the line. The Eagles could have been favored by six points, and I would have taken the Eagles because there's no way they're going to lose this game on Sunday. There's not. Like, if you know this Eagles team, like, I know this Eagles team. And with the way they're riding right now, the way that all the energy's back, and the way that Mal- – like, honestly, Malcolm Jenkins' speech in the locker room after they won where he said, we're going to knock that motherfucker down, I got a semi-jump. I'm not lying. I, it moved when Malcolm Jenkins did that because he's he is the GOAT. And him, there's that, that sentence of we're knocking that mother... Oh, my God. I was ready to knock down a wall. I mean, it gave me... It, it, it brought back the Carson Wentz semi-chub meter, except it was just Malcolm Jenkins giving a, a, a speech about how good the Eagles are. Like, I, everyone... I just don't understand how they, they keep messing this up. They mess this up again. It's it's all happening all over again. So, well, um. The NFL is 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 very stupid, and now they're they're fucked. And I, I warned them last week; they didn't listen. That's on them. You know, you can only lead the camel to the water, but you can't force the camel to drink the water. That's what I tried to do last week, and once again, the NFL didn't listen. Now, another thing: Kirk Cousins, that milk toast creep quarterback. Like the Vikings, the Vikings had Sam Bradford there. They had Sam Bradford there last year. And what did they do? They paid a Sam Bradford clone $84 million guaranteed. The highest quarterback contract and guaranteed money in NFL history, they paid to Kirk Cousins, who couldn't motivate me to make a sandwich. And, like, watching that game, it was so weird. It was so weird because I was more invested in the Vikings-Bears game than I was the, the Eagles game. Like, the Eagles game went to the laptop and the Bears game went on the TV. I mean, that's, that's, that was the situation. I was like, I don't give a shit. We're going we're gonna to roll this, this Redskins team. Speaking of which, speaking of which, Josh Johnson may be the worst quarterback I've ever seen in my life. Like, honestly, when the game started, like, before the game started, I was a little bit worried. I was like, well, Josh Johnson said this week that he wasn't watching film, he or he was watching film and not with his family because his family had been around him for... Uh, for long enough, and he didn't need to be around them anymore. And that was like, 
I was like, wow, I'm starting to believe in Josh Johnson a little bit. And then before the game, for some reason, I was starting to get like Joe Webb flashbacks because I was just thinking about how everyone thought they were going to roll over Josh Johnson and, and his Redskins team and it would only be classic Philadelphia luck that um, that they would that the, the the Bears would take care of business and the and the Redskins would lose or beat the Eagles. So like I was going through all these scenarios in my head. I mean that's what you do before a game. Like I I was doing everything in my power not to think about that game. I mean that's what real true diseased Eagles fans do. I mean when when we wake up in the morning, you're really just trying to find anything to do to take your mind off the game and try to make that four hours or five hours pass by to to get you to. 425. I mean, I even went for a walk. I physically went outside. And honestly, I was fully ready to take all the blame for it if they lost because me and Jill, we went walking at Valley Forge. And if you know anything about Valley Forge, a lot of people died at Valley Forge. Like, I was on the trail, you know, thinking how long of a trail it is and how uh, I'm going to be, it's going to be a great little workout, take my mind off the game. I was like, Jill, let's take the longest route possible so that we don't have to worry about, uh, worry about me thinking about the game and all that fun stuff. But then we started walking and I'm, I'm, I'm walking over the, the, the bodies of fallen soldiers like 300 years ago or whatever. That's Jack's version of history, the U S history. And I'm just thinking to myself, this is on me if they lose. Like it's one hundred percent on me if they lose because I am. This is this is a bad omen. Like it's a bad omen to be walking over dead people when my team has to not only win but also needs another team to lose. And then I remembered who the other team's quarterback was, and the other team's quarterback was Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is such a loser. Like there, again, I said it earlier. He couldn't motivate me to make a sandwich. And when, when him and Adam Thielen are getting into it on the sideline, arguing about, like, I don't have 10 seconds. Like, watching, like, Kirk Cousins is such a shitty leader. You can just you can just tell. Like, he is such a dog shit. Like, I, I, I feel like he's been handed everything in his life. So he's just like, oh, you know, like, you got to do everything my way. When I will get my way, then I'm going to, wah, wah. Like, he is such a cry face. So while I was nervous that there was some Joe Webb, uh, game kind of stuff that might have happened you know everyone thought we're gonna roll the vikings that day and then we lost on a on a tuesday and josh johnson instead of uh spending christmas with his family was in the was in the was in the the video room getting better which when you watched him it was like what the fuck were you watching <laughs> like first play of the game there was a pick there was still douglas russell douglas had to actually caught up to a guy after he was trailing him which is crazy and and, and picked the ball off um josh johnson was egregiously bad. Like even when the Eagles' offense was kind of sputtering in the beginning, I was like, I I don't care. Like because Josh Johnson physically cannot move the ball against the Eagles. He was one of the worst. Like I know Nathan Peterman gets ripped a lot and deservedly so. That guy is fucking terrible. Josh Johnson is just as bad. Josh Johnson is embarrassing. Like it was like he never played football. It was like if you took a high school quarterback and put him on the field, that's what I think he would have looked like. Or maybe even better. Like Josh Johnson was that bad. So while while I was nervous that the Eagles offense wasn't moving the ball, and I don't think they can do like everyone's freaking out about how Nick Foles completed 25% of it. I I should save that for the mush. I should save that for the mush. I won't I won't get into that just yet. Um uh, but yeah, Kirk, like, and then I, I saw Kirk Cousins' face. I saw their first three possessions where it was like, um, where where it was three and out, three and out, three and out, and I was like, oh, we're good. Like we're good. 
Now there was a time. Now if if we're going if we're going into the trust tree real quick, I mean there was a time in I would say about the third quarter where it was thirteen ten, and I was like, I don't know, man. Like if the Bears were smart, like I was thinking, I was thinking to myself, if the Bears were smart and they watched what Kirk Cousins was doing against them, which was nothing, I would immediately start tanking the game. Like if you if you have Kirk Cousins looking like dog shit where he can't even move the ball against your defense in a must win game. In Minnesota, what is Kirk Cousins going to do if he comes to Chicago in the next week? Mad Nagy, you dumb fuck. Why would you beat Kirk Cousins? Like, I just, Matt Nagy is a confirmed idiot and a fake tough guy for his act that he pulled on Sunday. That was something that an immature, not a winning coach would do. That was thinking like macho man, like we win, we play to win every single game. We're not going to be the smart, we're not going to do the smart thing and and take out our starters and face Kirk Cousins in the first round. What we're going to do is we're going to beat the Vikings so we have to face Nick Foles and the defending Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles in our home ballpark with a defense who is playing more inspired than ever. Like, are you fucking stupid, Matt Nagy? Because I think you are. Why would you do that? I mean, listen, listen, I'm happy about it. I'm borderline ecstatic. But it's like, are you kidding me? I understand you're trying to send a message to your team. But hey, you know what will send a better message to your team? The fact that they get to see Kirk Cousins again. They get a feast on an absolute loser in a big game. Kirk Cousins, you I would trust my grandma over Kirk Cousins in a big game. And 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 Matt Nagy chose to face Nick Foles, who is what, 6 and 1 in 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 a in games where the 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 Eagles season could be over if he loses. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Oh, I was watching it and I was just praying I was just praying that no one got in his ear and was like, yo, Matt, guess what, buddy? You see what's going on in the field? Yeah, we could get that, but also at home instead of facing the Super Bowl champs that are getting hot at the right time. So Matt Nagy, confirmed idiot and a fake tough guy. A fake tough guy because he's trying to to prove a point to his team that they're always trying to win games, which leads me to another point. The way the Cowboys celebrated after beating the Giants in a Week 17 pointless game that also gave the Giants a better draft pick instead of losing the game, which conversely would have hurt the Giants, and also, again, wouldn't have meant anything for the Cowboys. And like you see Dak Prescott letting out the biggest fist pumps ever. You see Jason Garrett smiling. You Like... And like Leighton Vander Esch got hurt in that game. He's gonna play probably, but still, like, what if he got seriously hurt? I just I am enamored by the idiocy of the coaches in the National Football League. Like, who are you trying to prove a point to? What's this beating the Giants in week 17? It wasn't gonna affect any of your seed. It wasn't gonna affect shit. And Jason Garrett's like, well, you know, we play to win the game. And Dak's like, this is the biggest win of my life. Like, oh, my God. It's like these idiots. Like, there's just so many dumb people in the NFL. Thank God we got Doug Peterson. Like, he would never do that. Even last year, he played Nick Foles for a half. And he tricked the whole league into thinking that he was bad. And then he went on a run. It's all right. It is absolutely right. So, um, 
that's enough of, of that stuff for now. I got some other things. So actually, let me get one more thing in there on Matt Nagy. And I and honestly, if you know me, you follow me on Twitter, which you can always follow me at Jack Fritz WIP. You know I'm a big Phillies guy. I've been tweeting a lot about the Phillies. Listen, if we're going into the trust tree here, just me and you, just me and you talking. Trying to be like a Phillies influencer guy. So like, you know, if a, if a big Phillies news breaks, I want you to go to my Twitter account because I will have a, a, a take ready for you. That's what I'm trying to do. That's what I'm trying to do. Everyone, the Eagles, everyone, everyone knows the Eagles stuff, okay? You got plenty of people to follow for the Eagles stuff. I want you to follow me for the Philly stuff. Anyway, so when I was watching when I was watching the Vikings game, the Vikings Bears game, and the Eagles were obviously winning and it was a blowout and the and Josh Johnson's dog shit. I I couldn't help but draw a a parallel to the 2011 Philadelphia Phillies. It was the same kind of scenario. The the Phillies for some reason beat the Braves to get for to go for 102 wins in the last game of the season. And by beating the Braves, it allowed the Cardinals to get in. And what did the Cardinals do? Well, the Cardinals beat the Phillies in four. And like the honestly, 2011 Game Five is still the worst loss of my life. Like I understand all the Eagles stuff. That, I mean, I was I was cognizant enough in 2011 to understand exactly what was going on. It was also the end of the Ryan Howard era. It was a miserable time for Jack Fritz. And when I was watching the Bears game, watching them win, watching them let the Eagles into the playoffs just so that the Eagles could go face the Bears. I couldn't help but draw parallels to the 2011 Phillies. It was like it was like almost watching deja vu. It was like watching my childhood. Clearly, the Bears did not study the 2011 Phillies quite like I did, um, and that's a huge mistake on their part. So, thank you, Matt Nagy. Uh, I mean, I think you were an absolute dipshit. I don't care that you were like a freaking coach here. You barely even a coach. Barely even sniffed this, the the Nova Care field. Um, thanks for letting us in the playoffs. I I think you're an idiot. I cannot believe you last in the playoffs. I cannot believe you, you you falsely think that you can just win every game instead of trying to be smart. But whatever. I mean, you could, like, literally, Matt, I'm sure, Matt, Matt, you and your family probably listen to this podcast on your ride home. Um, You could have played Kirk Cousins in Soldier Field in a must-win game, and you actively chose to let in the Eagles. Thank you. Thank you. Um, all right. Now, the last thing before I get out of here, or before we move on to the trust tree, to talk to some mush gods, is that, you know, the trade Carson Wentz crew is getting louder and louder and louder. And if you know me and you know this podcast and you're in the trust tree, if you're one of those people, please stop listening to this podcast. I don't want you in the trust tree. Carson Wentz is our guy. Carson Wentz is our franchise quarterback. Nick Foles is great. Great story. Love him forever. But Carson's our guy. He will forever be our guy. And I just want to remind you of Carson Wentz's birthday date. Because he shares it with Tiger Woods, LeBron James, and Sandy Koufax. You do not trade a guy with that birthday for anything. For anything. Because you are trading... Just the the chance that that guy turns into the goat. So before you trade Carson Wentz, Howie, 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 listen to me. Listen to me very, very closely. Before you trade Carson Wentz, factor in his birth date. Because that is the goat birth date. And if you trade him, 
you're actively giving away someone with that birth date that is also very good at his job. I just want you to think about it. Let's talk to some mush gods. Oh, mush gods. I am I just so far. I am so far in the mush gods head. It is unbelievable. I mean, it's just it's just sad at this point. I feel bad for the mush gods because they're just getting they're getting played like a fiddle by the counterpoint podcast. It's 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 I feel bad for the, the, the mush gods because they just they don't see it. They don't see it. let's get into it. Boy, I think Mitchell Trubisky has this. When I watch Mitchell Trubisky, I really, I really do see shades of of the great running quarterbacks of our of our generation. And wh- when you factor in the way that guy can use his legs and just has an absolute hose for an arm, and listen, I get he went to, I I know he went to North Carolina. I know I went to to the University of North Carolina. I mean, some say the University of North Carolina breeds the best quarterbacks of all time. Some would say that. I mean, he's played in so many big games in playing for the University of North Carolina that I don't know how you don't trust the big game experience that he gained while being a member of the UNC Tar Heels. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what people are worried about. Mitchell, Mitchell Trubisky lost the 2016 Sun Bowl to the Stanford Cardinal. I mean, some say the Stanford Cardinal defense that year was the 1985 Bears, who Mitch Trubisky is conversely on right now. He's on the Bears. So like, just get, just don't even worry about Mitchell Trubisky's big game experience. He, he played in the Sun Bowl. I mean, if you're not playing in the national championship, the Sun Bowl is pretty much just as good. So for, for as many people that are like Mitch Trubisky – doesn't have a clutch gene. I would point to his twenty, uh, his twenty-five for thirty-eight Sun Bowl performance in twenty sixteen, where they lost to the Stanford Cardinal. He was downright brilliant that game. So, Mitchell Trubisky in a big game. He had so much big game experience at UNC. I'm worried about him. You know, the Eagles struggle against quick quarterbacks. Um, they once had Michael Vick on their roster. He was fast. Um, it's just like they they have they have trouble against guys who who move around like Mitchell Trubisky. And Mitchell Trubisky is some say the 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 most dynamic two way quarterback since Michael Vick. I mean, an absolute hose for an arm. He can run like the wind. That's going to present problems for the for the Eagles. Mitchell Trubisky. This guy is a guy's a winner. He played at UNC. The 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 Alabama of the ACC. I I don't know why I see so many people doubting Mitchell. Like he's a six point favorite for a reason, guys. Because of him, it's not because of, of the defense and Khalil Mack, who was also definitely not a perennial choker and played at another big time school called Buffalo. There's also an NFL, NFL team in Buffalo. Okay, so he has big game experience. Um, Mitchell Trubisky's got this. Big game guy. I know everyone's like the defense. Oh, and and bear weather and all this stuff. And you know what happens with bear weather? People can't throw unless their ball pierces through the wind. Like Mitchell Trubisky. And you know what? Even when the passes aren't falling featherly into Taylor Gabriel's arms, he can still run pretty much as fast as Michael Vick. So... Mitchell Trubisky just 
I, I, he is, he is the game breaker, and I'm there. I'm, I'm worried about him. I think he's gonna change the game. Whew. All right. Let's see. Let's see if they. Let's see if they picked up on that. I. It sounded pretty believable, honestly. All right. Now, to Nikki Six. Well, as you're hearing this podcast, well, it's recorded on a Thursday. I don't know when it's gonna come out. Sometimes Bartridge a little finicky with when with when Counterpoint comes out. But at this point, there are only three more days I have to subject myself to watching Nick Foles. Because there is no way that Nick Foles can go into Soldier Field, face Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks, Roquan Smith, who I feel like is my adopted child, Eddie Jackson, and that defense, and move the ball. Because this backpedaler is going to backpedal his way into whatever fucking lake is in Chicago. Because he, he, there, is, there is no possible way that Nick Foles is going to get this job done. Listen, if I, if I, if I learned one thing from the Redskins game, I, I think the Redskins started to find a little bit of, of, uh, of kryptonite in the Nick Foles, uh, uh, Nick Foles shield. You know, they kept everything in front of him. They, they, he got the ball out quickly, and he dinked and dunked his way to a 24 nothing win. Dinked and dunked against a dog shit defense. I think the Redskins kind of found a little something against Nick Foles. I, I really do think that. I think they found um, it, it, watching that game. It was like watching the the Rams game from earlier this season with the against the the Eagles versus the Rams game, where the Eagles just kept everything in front of them. They didn't worry about um, any of the deep threats. They didn't let them get behind them. And and forced Jared Goff to to methodically move down the field and they they took away Todd Gurley. I I I envision the same kind of thing from the Bears this weekend. I don't think Nick Foles with the way he played against the Redskins with the way that his his chest is is banged up, I don't think he's going to be able to move the ball. I think we're going to see I think we're going to see bad Foles on Sunday. You know, everyone whenever Nick Foles throws an egregious interception, which again on Sunday another egregious interception. Um Everyone's like, well, there's the ba- there's the bad falls. I think we're gonna see a lot of bad falls because I don't think you can dink and dunk your way to like the the 25 completions. Fucking, I could have made all of those throws. I'm not lying to you. I could have made every single throw that Nick Foles made in that. He had no passes travel over 15 yards. It was the most. I don't. I do not care that he completed all those passes. None of those passes went over 15 yards. They were all five yard dink and dunks. It was basically Sam Bradford. Nick Foles is just Sam Bradford with a winning record. I don't know. That makes sense. <sighs> I'm just saying we are three days, only three days until the Nick Foles era is over in Philadelphia. Three days. Because there's no way that backpedaling freak is going into Soldier Field and beating the Bears. Whew. All right, Mushkats. <clears throat> You are not onto my scent yet. Oh, one more thing. One more thing. I don't understand. I've gotten tweets after the Eagles have won the last couple of days uh, saying like, oh, you're wrong on your podcast. And I just, I, I see those tweets. And honestly, I feel bad for those people because they are stupid. Do you, I just don't understand how I've explained to this many times how this works. And the only reason the Eagles are in the playoffs is because of me. So why don't you relax? It's I am mushing these guys into championships. 
So just relax. Relax. Okay? Christ. Some guy said, my guy Kirk Cousins. Are you fucking stupid? All right, let's get to the CounterPoint mailbag, which you can always email at counterpointmailbag at gmail.com. So, first one here from, let's go to Phil Newton. Hey, Jackie, hottest take, Masters. So the, the GF, so the GF I've been with has been putting out since the last Eagles Super Bowl win. She's obviously been good luck since she got a tattoo of St. Nick, the name of her horse, on the same day that the Eagles won the Super Bowl. My question is, should I hold out on having sex or go full big dick Nick? It's been, it's been good luck to hold out. The Eagles are getting in the way of having sex. What are your feelings? Do not do it. Do not do it. Do not do it. Do you want to win a championship? It's only, but it's January 3rd. It's only a couple more weeks. You'll be fine, buddy. You'll be fine. Do it for the team, Phil. Do it for the trust tree. Well, don't do it. Don't do it for the trust tree. But do it for the trust tree. <laughs> From Scott Schreiner. So I've been in Korea for the late season, for the late run of the postseason, and Korea being 14 hours ahead of Eastern Standard Time. Um, I've had to wake up extremely early Monday mornings to catch most of these games. This has led to me only wearing fleece pants and an undershirt during games because that's what I wear to bed. And a 1 p.m. game starts at 3 a.m. Monday here. Jesus, buddy, I'm sorry. Um, this coupled with recent success, my question is this: Am I not allowed to wear my Eagles gear during? Uh, postseason football. I mean, of course, I'll do what my birds need of me, but not wearing anything Philly-related at all, at all, while the Eagles defend their title, will just feel wrong. I want to, I want to throw my number ninety-one Cox jersey and watch Fletch make offensive linemen regret life decisions. But I'm worried it will upset the delicate balance where we finally achieved. P.S. I can't wait to hear your Mush God segment on Mitch Trubisky. So, Scott, I understand the urges. You know, uh, the the first two, <laughs> the first two questions of the counterpoint mailbag have been about urges and I need you to fight those urges urges and and put them away and and just and just put them away I'm sorry I know I know you want to fill, throw on the Fletch jersey but don't do it this is it is too important it is a, it is a too important time of the season and I do not want you jeopardizing the season so I'm sorry from John Barber Jack what do you think is the most Nick can do to warrant Wentz coming back for the playoff run I.e. Nick, uh, I.e. Foles wins but plays meh. I don't want anything to happen to Carson after the season. Period. So, um, so like I guess you're asking. I guess Nick has to play bad and Carson comes in and saves the day. I think the only way Carson plays in the postseason is if Nick gets hurt. I, I that's just what I think. Because I, I don't think they want to go to Nate Sudfeld. I think they'd rather go to like a 75% Carson Wentz. But that's just me. From Michael Glovna, who I don't know why I say his last name like that, but it always just sounds like Governor. And I always think the British like Govna, so I say Glovna. Um, hey Jack, love the show. I have a dilemma. Every time I wear, every time I wore Eagles gear this season, the team lost. For the past three weeks, I haven't worn any Eagles gear, and the team won. I haven't worn my Foles jersey since we won the Super Bowl. My question to you is: Should I stick with not wearing any gear or bust out the Foles jersey for the playoff run? Thanks. Uh, listen again. We're fighting the urges on the Counterpoint Podcast. I have found my spot. I sit in the same in the same chair. I, I drink tired hands. I have the same Eagle shirt on. We are all in the same boat together. Do not fuck this up. 
Okay, I will say that again. Do not fuck this up. Do not wear Eagles gear if it's been working for you the last couple weeks. We are finally getting into a rhythm. Okay, we're finally getting into a rhythm. We can't just throw that away. Um, from Steven Kasapoulos, who actually spelled it out this time so I don't sound like a fucking idiot. So thank you for that. Um, hey, Jack, my question for you this week is if Foles gets re-injured during the Bears game and won't be able to return for the playoffs, assuming Sudfeld does enough to get us out of Chicago with a win, do you start Wentz in New Orleans or do you go with Sudfeld? Well, a little birdie told me that Carson may be dressed this weekend. So we'll see. From Thomas Delp, uh, how do I get in the trust tree? Grew up in Philly, and now I'm an assistant pastor at a church in North Carolina. Well, Tom, uh, don't listen to the first question in the Counterpoint mailbag. Also, Tom, since you're an assistant pastor, I'm wondering um, what you think of (laughs) the Jack Fritz version of the Bible. I think it makes a lot of sense. I don't know. I think it makes a lot of sense. Anyway, uh, Tom says, I have the disease. Slept with Carson Wentz jersey underneath my pillow the night before he tore his ACL. Cry every time I see a Brandon Gra- every time I see the Brandon Graham fumble replay. Do a jersey and hat change each quarter of the Eagles games. Much more. Don't wear blue silver combos due to my hatred of the Cowboys. I want in. Tom Delp at Thomas Delp. Tom, the fact that you are an assistant pastor and you still listen to this podcast, uh, you are you are one hundred percent the trust tree. You diseased animal, you. All right, let's go to the Twitter.com, which again, you can always follow me at Jack Fritz WIP. Uh, let me filter through all these uh, Philly sweets. I'm very sorry. Actually, I'm not sorry. I told you earlier what I'm trying to do. So just let me do it. Okay. All right. Um, from Seamus Clancy, a great friend, Seamus Clancy. Would you retire Nick Falls' number? Yes, I would retire Nick Falls' number. I think it, I think it deserves to be retired. After the season. I really do. Or not after the season. When he retires. So I think he will go. I think he will be retired. I, w- I will say that. From uh, Zach, hashtag number one Bears hater McCann. Can't believe we have the number one Bears hater listening to this podcast. Anyway, at Z-A-B-R-M-C. Uh, I got busy and have missed the, the past few episodes, and now I can't listen to the Eagles lose. I hope I can still be a member of the trust tree. Again, this is good. Everyone is fighting the urges, even the urges to listen to this podcast, all for the betterment of the show. So appreciate it. Um, um, Jack, can you give me some good follows on Twitter? How about a top three power ranking for Eagles Twitter and a top three non-Philly sports Twitter? Uh, all right. So I will say, obviously, all the Go Birds pod people follow them. But, but my top three of Eagles Twitter right now. It changes. It fluctuates. I mean, obviously, all the beat, beat guys are great. I mean, Fran Duffy is a, an amazing follow. Like, you don't actually learn something, but sometimes you just want to be entertained. Um, Jerry the Asman is <laughs> probably my favorite. I love Jerry, uh, and he cracks me up. And this is not pandering to stay in his bio, but Jerry the Asman is the best. Uh, Seamus, who just chimed in on the Counterpoint Mailbag podcast, or in the Counterpoint Mailbag at gmail.com, Seamus is also a great Eagles fan. A uh, great, absolute diseased Eagles fan. Um, and his tweets always uh, give me a little picking me up on game day. They're funny. And Rohan Singh, who isn't a uh, doesn't have a big following on Twitter, but he's in the trust tree, and he's he's along the same lines as Jared the Asman. So uh, three good, uh, solid Eagles Twitter follows. Non Philly sports guys, Trill Withers, who I think is hilarious, like absolutely hilarious best NBA takes, but they're like funny NBA takes. I always appreciate them. Um, PFT comments are a staple of, of non-Philly sports follows. And finally, at Sports Talk Joe, who says some some vulgar stuff. But his Michael Jordan breakdowns of him playing against plumbers 
will never not make me laugh. So I will, I will, I think sports, I think sports talk Joe's a funny follow. Um, from Juan or Gomez on a scale of one to 10, 10 being the most, how much do you love Nick Foles? Also, how confident are you in the defense on Sunday? So I'm going to keep going with the mush. Nick Foles is a one in my love fest. And how confident am I in the defense? They're facing Mitchell Trubisky. I don't got to worry about anything. That's going to do it for the Counterpoint Podcast, brought to you by the Go Birds Pod, or the GV's Pod, like we call it here on the Counterpoint Podcast. As always, email the Counterpoint Podcast at counterpointmailbag at gmail.com. I will talk to you next week.